In in hindsight, yeah. Well, I I think that to to be honest, I think that having that stereotypical good posture and keeping that upright spine all the time, I think just stiffened everything up. I so think do you see those posture. those prevalent releases unhelpful? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm. A- ab- absolutely. It's um massively unhelpful. Mm. I, I mean, we are we are conditioned from such a young age. To, to think that our backs are fragile mm. and that we've we've got to protect them by mm. keeping them straight, especially mm. when when mm. lifting or loading. Mm. And mm. I, I mean, it's unfortunately mm. that that's I, I mean, it's just weird. I sort of almost mm. I still I still look at that box and, and go down to and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? It's like mm. that it's uh, mm. abs- absolutely unhelpful. Welcome to part B of our two part special on posture and back pain. In this episode of the Empowered Beyond Pain podcast, brought to you by Bodylogic Physiotherapy, Pete and I chat to patient voice Joe again from episode 14, as well as to researcher and physiotherapist Nick Saracini. Posture is clearly a topical topic, and we've received lots of great feedback since posting the last episode. Mandy, who's been experiencing back pain for more than 20 years following a fusion, had her mind blown after realizing she has had muscles switched on that don't need to be and by learning to relax them, her pain decreased. We also heard from a fellow Kiwi who had injured their back twice and was experiencing psychological worries and fear. They reviewed the podcast as absolutely stunning and a must listen, and pleaded with people experiencing similar emotions to listen over and over until the messages sink in. We are absolutely humbled by these messages. Please keep them coming. You have no idea how much they mean to us. Reach out via at EBP podcast on social media or better still leave a review wherever you're listening anyway on to today's conversation all about posture what is good posture what is terrible posture why should we perhaps lift with a round back what should our sleeping posture be and much more one thing Joe talks about was his openness to change his cognitive flexibility if you will we see this as an important attribute in helping people move forward because if you're fighting for your limitations it's hard to move past them So with that said, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube, let's get into the conversations and we'll start by playing fact six from the 10 facts about back pain paper, which is linked in the show notes, as well as all the references discussed in today's episode at www.bodylogic.physio forward slash podcast. And then we'll head straight in the conversations with Joe, Nick, Pete, and I. Remember to ask, is there more to pain than damage? Back pain is not caused by poor posture. How we sit, stand and bend has not been shown to cause back pain, even though these activities may be painful. A variety of postures are healthy for the back, and it's safe to relax during everyday tasks such as sitting, bending and lifting with a round back. In fact, it can be more efficient. Um, We're welcoming back Joe, who was on episode 14. Uh, The the topic today is posture, and posture is a really common scapegoat almost I suppose for 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 back pain um, but it's a really common belief that people think this is something that I need to be mindful of uh, and we did discuss some of these things back in episode 14 but I really want to um, kind of hone in on this whole postural story for you so can you tell me about that uh, so oh yeah I guess um where, where do I begin okay so uh, naturally I've got really terrible posture I mean I, I sort of slouch I'm always sitting back in my chair and, and I, you know, I, I've got what a lot of people say is, is terrible posture. I sort of stoop and, and but, but I guess uh, one of the, when I had my uh, experience with my pain, I, I sort of changed all that. Uh, it was, it was weird. Uh, so as soon as I sort of thought, well, maybe, maybe posture is part of the reason why my pain is so bad. So, you know, almost overnight, I, I I started sitting upright, sitting upright. I never never sort of relaxed. I was always you know trying to do these things, and I tell you what, it didn't make anything better really. So, I mean, it, I, I guess I changed I changed the way I stood, the way I sat, the way I slept. The you know every, everything changed when I sort of had back pain, and and I thought that it would make things better by keeping everything upright and straight and give everything a chance to heal. But, but really, I think it just made things a bit worse. So it's interesting that you kind of had these rules around posture, Joe, 
and and they provided a number of things. You said sitting, standing, bending, lifting, yeah. sleeping, even. Oh yeah. Where did you get them from? Oh goodness, probably TV, newspaper, right. media articles, uh, right. the internet, got right. Googling back pain. You know, yeah. how can I treat my back pain? It's like, yeah. oh, you know, five different postural techniques, and right. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, blah. okay. So, <laughs> and, and from healthcare practitioners? Uh, look, I mean, I guess, you know, I've, as I said, I, I used to have what, what a lot of people would call terrible posture. I, I think I sort of slouch and stoop over a bit. So, I mean, I've been getting told my whole life that I've got bad posture. And right. so I was like, oh, well. So you were pre, you were primed. Yeah, that's to right. To think that your posture was a cause. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I thought, well, what can what can it hurt to try and have a, a better posture? So, yeah, absolutely. And then I sort of, that, that sort of fed into, I, I wanted to also get my core nice and strong. And so everything was sort of upright, but, but, yeah, it was it was weird. I was I was always sort of. And like what's it feel like to be? You know, obviously before you had back pain. Yeah, you were relaxed and slouchy, and yeah, you yeah. didn't have back pain. Loose, yep, yep. And you didn't have back pain. It wasn't a problem. Once you no. got back pain, you changed all of that. What was it like to have to think about holding your posture straight all the time? Exhausting. It was, it was <laughs> intellectual. It's sort of like a workout. I mean. If, if this, this this situation, this straight back stuff, is is not how I want to be sitting, so I guess I was working so hard all the time to sort of have that posture. I was exhausted. Was it mentally and because obviously you're having to think about it all the time as well? Yeah. Well, I mean, on top of that, because because it sort of fed back and my back was really sore and mm. niggly. It was sort of like every single time I sort of went like that or like this or, you know, something would, would twinge or hurt mm. or it was, it was sort of weird. It was, it was exhausting mm. to just sit up all the time. I mean, yeah. and what about movement? So, cause you were trying to hold those postures when you move. Oh, well, you said? absolutely. I, I, I mean, you always get told lift with a straight back, you know, right. don't, don't bend too much. Don't bend when you lift. Try not to twist. Don't load and twist. Like right. you sort of get these these. Was mess- that a work that you got told that? Or oh, I think it's in all the workplaces I've ever worked. I mean, you, you just you always see signs, you know, mm. and and even on a box you get a package that's you know twenty kilos. There's a sign of, of two people lifting yeah. a thirteen kilo yeah. box with bolt upright <laughs> postures and bent knees, and yeah. you know making sure they're yeah. not bending at all. Yeah, it's like I mean, yeah, you know, six point five kilos each, and yeah. just, just bend over and pick it up. But <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, but you, you sort of get condition to think that that straight must be good for your back yeah um and you just completely neglect the whole range of motion that, yeah. that your back is sort and, of capable and of did that make sense to you at the time um i, I guess as i've said you know you can you, you see it on the walls on boxes on packages at work uh on the internet you, you just get conditioned i guess well i certainly got conditioned mm. to think that you know having a straight back was good for your back. Mm. And, and so, yeah, uh, yeah, it, 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 it did make sense, even though as an ex-sports scientist, you sort of think, well, hold on. You're always telling people, you know, when you're exercising, go through the full range of motion. Mm. If, if, you're, if you're doing a bicep curl, I mean, it's a pretty simple mm. exercise, but, you know, go from straight to all the way up. You don't, you don't just work that mm. sort of range of motion. You, you, you go through the full range of motion. So it's sort of weird. It's sort of like you, you get conditioned to think, no, straight back. But then that, that's sort of so off with the way you think about every other bit of your body, which right. is go, th- go through the range, move. But um, yeah, it's, right. so yes, so why it, the it, back? it made sense, but it also doesn't make yeah, sense. Right. So it's, in it's hindsight, just, it doesn't make sense. Uh, especially in hindsight, it doesn't make sense yeah, at all. Right. So do you, how do you see it? I mean, obviously, you know, you're one person and yeah. a lot of people who have back pain. Yeah. And so we can't generalize you to others, but um, like what, what is your understanding? What was the relationship between posture and your back pain? Do you think? In, in hindsight? Yeah. Well, I, I think that to, to be honest, I think that having that stereotypical good posture and keeping that upright spine all the time, I think just stiffened everything up. I think that that when you when when I for me uh, only when I was only working one range of motion in my back, which was bolt upright. Mm. I think, of course, if you if you hold any joint in your body still, or put your arm in a cast, or put your leg in a cast, that when you first start moving, that's going to hurt. You know, it's mm. going to be stiff. It's going to be mm. sore. 
and the problem was is that I was sort of making my own cast for my back. Mm. And, and then when I felt that pain, I thought, oh, well, that's because that movement's bad for me. So I better go back to being bolt upright. Right. And because that was the only range of motion I was in, that was the only range yeah. that was pain-free. Yeah. So it was, um, it was, it's just bizarre, really. I mean, it, yeah. So when you started to change, because yeah. clearly you're not sitting bolt upright now, nah, I, what oh. was that like to think that actually, how was it to think that that might not be the case? Oh, look, it was, it was actually liberating because, right. I mean, I think I, I'd had such a long history of what I was doing not working right. that um, I, I was pretty, I was fortunate that I was pretty open to change uh, right. when, I, when I had the, inter, you know, when I got right. The, the right help. So, I, I mean, I was happy to really just, just pump all that old information and just try something new because right. I, I thought, well, what have I got to lose? If, if, I, if this doesn't work, what am I losing? You know, I'll just end up going down the surgery route anyway. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, why don't I give something new a shot? And, right. and then obviously once I got to be able to do everything that I wanted to do anyway, I was like, well, this is better. My pain's decreased. Why don't I just do what's natural? So did it seem strange to be given completely opposite information oh then what absolutely. the common belief is absolutely but i was such a willing victim um right. but yeah it it, it did it mm. what i guess the thing that crossed my mind was it was about three or four months on when when i changed everything i was doing everything completely different i was lifting with a with a rounded spine just because i was thinking well i mean it, it makes so much sense i mean if you're always lifting with a straight back and then you go to lifting with a curved spine, yeah, you, you, you might hurt yourself because you're not conditioned to lift in that right. in that way. Yeah. But if you start light and condition, you, I mean, you can lift what you're conditioned to lift the way you're conditioned Got to it. lift it. So your exercise so, phys training yeah. tells you that. And, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I just thought, well, about three months in, I was wondering why I got the other advice in the first place. Right. I, I just thought, well, this is mm. so obviously the right way to go. I mean, it, it, it just like, so you're telling me I should move naturally mm. and then my pain also almost, we went from a seven, eight, nine, ten 10 sort of range because back pain is horrible. Everyone out there with who suffers from serious back pain knows how debilitating it can be. So when my pain was going from these high levels to low levels doing what I wanted to do anyway, I was thinking, well, why the hell was I ever given the advice to move so unnaturally right. it just didn't make sense to me so yeah yeah i and what about those around you because as you say it's very common in, in your workplace as well yeah absolutely like, you know those messages are common so how how was it for you to kind of break those posture rules in your social environment your work environment as, at the gym etc etc as well look i mean it was very easy for me to break those rules because, I mean, I was just felt so good. Felt so good. I was going right. out of sight. I felt yeah. I, I was moving again. I was, I was, you know, doing things that I hadn't done for years, and I was, I was stoked. So, I mean, it was very easy for me. But I, I mean, I remember I was, I was lifting in the gym one day, doing a, a really nice bent back deadlift, and just mm. you know, everything was nice and curvy, and it was feeling great, and, uh, and. Uh, a boss of mine went past and he said, geez, you're going to do your back lifting like that. And I thought, well, I actually said to him, I said, it's actually funny you say that because this is the very sort of behavior that's helped me uh, get over my back pain. And, and, you know, and he just, well, God, and just, but it's amazing how prevalent that information out there is that you've got to lift with that really neutral neutral spine but um and it's big in gyms it's big in gyms it's big in workplaces i I mean it's it's amazing i mean as as i said it's on every single delivery you get that's over about 10 kilos Mm. is someone there's a picture of someone picking Mm. it up using Mm. only their knees lift Mm. with your knees not with your back so well Mm. you know lift lift what you're conditioned to lift and Mm. and make sure you go through your range of motion is is the the advice that i would have given myself back then yeah but um yeah, it's 
it, it was easy for me to break the rules, but I started getting more and more because, I mean, I, at this stage, I, I had a history of back pain and I, I was going to work still. So, I mean, everyone knew that, you know, I, I had mm. a bad back. Now, every, everyone knew that I had a bad back. It was, it was just, a, you know, from, from, you know, three years earlier that I sort of heard it and I never came good. So everyone sort of knew. And so when they saw me in the gym doing all these, these things, I got a lot of questions right. and, and it's amazing how quickly I sort of found out that it wasn't just me who had a history or an issue with, with back pain. It, there were so many people and, and family members, friends, friends of friends. There are so many people mm. dealing with this. It's a mm. huge problem. And, and all of them have the same beliefs around right. if I, if I lift with a neutral spine, I'm less likely to damage my back. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and then slowly the, the questions became more, oh, wow, you're, you know, you're getting really fit. You're getting really healthy. How's, how's your, I mean, God, I was getting asked for about the next six months. Like, how's your back doing all that? It's like, well, my back's really good. My back's back yeah, to right. being pretty normal. Yeah. And then slowly other people who, you, you know, I, I knew had issues as well, started asking me for my exercises to which I sort of said, look, my advice would be to go and see my problem isn't your problem. Yeah. So I would yeah. do this in, in consult with, yeah. Health professional. with, with professionals. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I, I can't say that you've got the same thing that mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, I definitely pointed them in the direction of where I sought help mm-hmm. and where I thought that they should uh, mm-hmm. be looking. And um, a lot of them uh, have since had really effective treatment and a, uh, back to being normal i mean I've, I've got friends of mine one of them in particular i know he's he's had an issue with back pain since he was about 20 and he's he's in his he's almost 60 now and i mean and he's now absolutely living living the dream he's killing it he doesn't he, he just he doesn't have a problem anymore and mm. and this is just you know all, all because he, he just sought the the right help and 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 I guess was willing to to ditch his previously held beliefs around. So, do you see those posture. those prevalent beliefs as unhelpful? Oh, <laughs> now if you look if you look oh, on the oh, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm. A- absolutely, it's um massively unhelpful. Mm. I, I mean, we are we are conditioned from such a young age to to think that our backs are fragile mm. and that we've we've got to protect them by. Mm keeping them straight especially mm. when when mm. lifting or loading and mm. I, I mean it's unfortunately mm. that that's I, I mean it's just weird I sort of almost mm. I still I still look at that box and, and go down to and I'm like what the hell am I doing it's like mm. that it's uh, mm. abs- absolutely unhelpful how um, hard do you think it will be to change that <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a question I ask myself every day in um, my career. Unfortunately, <laughs> I reckon there would not be a person I would see look, that um, comes through my door. Well, that's not entirely true. It'd be the absolute majority of the people I would see who I would who would seek care for uh, back look, pain, who would hold those views. Not everybody, but almost everybody. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I mean, I think on an individual level, it, it, it's very easy to reach. An, an individual yeah if, if you but maybe not easy is mm. not the right word but it's mm. possible it's mm. it's doable to reach an individual yeah. and and one in a one-on-one yeah. you know session yeah. you know appointment an hour long to get them to think about these things and and to change but but to change it on i, I mean I, I don't know the numbers but there are millions and millions and mm. millions of people worldwide mm. suffering from back pain so mm. to change the the message as a whole mm. I, I what an impossible task mm. I, I mean and, and I, I, I I do know that there is a, a fair bit of resistance out there to, to yeah. change have you seen that yourself oh to a degree but I mean mm. a lot of the time when I'm talking to people it, it's it's on a one-on-one yeah. and, and they sort of go well, and, and these are people that know me and trust me and, and they're, they're friends of mine. And so, and, and they know where I was and where mm. I am. And, mm. and so it's, it's quite easy for me to, to talk to friends. So I, I don't see the, the, I, I guess I don't see the issue with everyone. I just, I, I speak to individuals yeah. and I think it, it's possible to reach individuals, but how do you reach 
50 million people yeah. one at a time. It's yeah. impossible. And unfortunately, it's such a large scale problem that mm. to help people one at a time mm. when it's, it's well, one of the problems we have is that um, it's legislated <laughs> that you have to educate people who are in manual jobs around ensuring ensuring so, that they and, ensuring and, that they lift a lot of those messages. And if we touch on a bit of the research, we know that there's not a single study that shows that teaching people how to lift better so-called better oh god reduces back pain. I've I've read but we a, still but we still. Let's legislate. I read some nonsense study about because I, I sort of after I changed my my ways, I sort of thought, well, where does this message come from? Yep. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it came with cadaver spines mm. and loading them and bending them, mm. and and then the tissue would break down. They went, oh well, the tissue there broke because we moved it yep. in this Excessive dead spine, yep. and and so that must be bad for you. Yeah. But I mean, if you did the same thing with any joint and yeah. a dead, yeah. dead joint, it would wear out if you used it. But yeah. that then doesn't take into account the fact that we lay down new tissue and yeah. we're, we're we're living. Yeah, exactly. So, oh god, yeah. I, I mean, if, if that's jump. <laughs> if, if that's if that's where it all came. Oh, and and what's the other one? They they put a. a pressure meter into so, a disc yeah. and then they bent the spine and the pressure went up. So they went, oh well, that must be bad. that must be bad. Yeah. <laughs> Loading makes you stronger. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh God. Anyway, yeah. we discussed that in episode yeah, four quite, quite in detail. Oh. Actually, mm. um, I kind of want to round it up with a couple of kind of key take homes for people mm. at home in terms of with posture. This whole idea. You know, there's a, the ergonomic industry. When you go to any big office or workplace, mm. there'll be signs saying, uh, you know, this is how we want you to sit. Keep your screen at negative ten degrees. Uh, knees and Hips at 90 degrees, keep your back straight. Um, what are your thoughts about that now? Oh, look, I mean, it's all it's all quite funny, isn't it? Like, yeah, whatever you do, you, whatever you do, you must not sit comfortably. Um, <laughs> it's just... You, you, you must be put in a, in a position of, of maximum discomfort. No, I, I don't know. It just... It, 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 it doesn't make any sense. I mean, we're all so different. We're, we're different shapes. We're different yeah. postures. We're different... We're different in so many ways and so to to th the idea that there is an ideal sitting position for everyone is it just doesn't make any sense so uh, i i would argue against it if, if if that got brought up and someone said to me oh look this is the way that you must sit and and that's the best sitting position i would i would argue uh, for the negative on that one at the interesting i'd love to just pick on one little thing that just triggered that and that's sleeping, because we often don't talk about sleeping as a posture, but we know oh, that yeah. sleep is an incredibly important thing for people. We know that back pain can really, really impact on someone's sleep. Oh, and a sleep-deprived person's greater predisposition for pain, anxiety, worry, fatigue, you know, ill health. Generally, it's it's such an important thing. What what were your thoughts around posture and sleep? So I, I got told that sleeping on my back or my side was better than sleeping on my stomach for, right. for, for my back. Um, right. I always found it really comfortable and I, I do now again find it really comfortable sleeping on my stomach. Right. Um, it's just how I've always slept. And But when I was going through my, my issues with pain, I, I changed mm. because I wanted to have a more uh, back positive posture. Mm. Yeah. So I ended up sleeping on my side, made sure my, my hand was supporting my head. So that was all straight with a, with a pillow between my knees, because yeah. I heard that that was, that was a good thing to, to do for your back. Right. So you can just find. I was keeping my spine exactly the same way as I'd kept it for the, the 16 hours before that was also exhausting. So, um, yeah, no, I, I just, even, even when I was sleeping. And how was I, that to sleep like that? Oh, well, I, I think that I know of people that sleep like that, who, who that's how they sleep and they've mm. always really enjoyed it and mm. it's fine for them. Mm. But for me, it was terrible. It, was, right. it wasn't, it wasn't that relaxing. Yeah. And every single time I woke up like rolling or rolling towards my side, I'd, I'd quickly go, Oh shit. And I feel like I was falling. I had to go back to, you know, yeah. my, my, my correct, my correct yeah. sleeping position. Yeah. So. Because the other thing that taps into is what we call vigilance. It's like oh, yeah. constant, oh, constant, constantly thinking about something. Oh, absolutely. I, I was and worried it, that if I went into too deep a sleep, I might right. roll onto my stomach and then screw right. my back up. Right. 
Okay. So, so that kind of constant barriers. thought on oh, posture yeah. created a whole abnormal focus on your body that became really unhelpful. Just became a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, that was helpful. Sorry, <laughs> getting back to this. I mean, we're, we're laughing about this now. No, it's, no, it's, 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 it is not funny. It's um, not funny. For it, no, no, no. When, when I was, when two, two years ago, when I was going, three years ago, when I was going through all this, it was, it was not funny at all. And it's, no, it, it had a, it had an absolutely terrible and uh, detrimental uh, effect on my life, my mental health, my job, my activities, everything. It was, um, no, I was in a really, really horrible place. I only, only laugh about it now, I guess, because just the, the ideas that I had around how I was going to help myself are sort of the exact opposite, opposite. I guess, of, of what ended up helping me. So it was, yeah. um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird irony. It's a, it's a it's a weird comical irony that um yeah, which is which is why it's kind of funny yeah. now. Now, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Mate, I want to um, summarize with the whole idea of this um this one size fits all is what we sort of mentioned before. I think the the other way to think of that which I often use or to kind of rationalize this is trying to say that everyone needs to wear a size 7 shoe. And we've all got different size feet. Some are longer, some are shorter, some are wider. And for those people that have size seven feet, that's going to be really good advice. Yeah. But but for everyone else, it's kind of like you're trying to make them fit into something that their body is not really uh, yeah. natural or designed to do. No. And you sort of mentioned, yeah, at the start um, that you've always had terrible posture. I think it's pretty safe to put that in quotation marks. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, and this pretty normal posture. Sounds yeah, yeah. Normal. I mean, like, look at look at us. I'm kind of off camera now, but you know we're. We, we like to vary our postures. We uh, relax when we're sitting. Uh, we get up and up and down frequently. Yeah, if it's, um, if it's comfortable, keep sitting that yeah, way. Absolutely. And then if it gets uncomfortable, I'll go, oh, well, that's a bit uncomfortable well, now. Well, that, that, that's comfortable. And it doesn't mean that sitting up straight is dangerous or bad <laughs> no. for you or anything like that either. That's right. But it's about variability. If it feels good, do it. The best posture is your next posture. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Thanks, awesome. Joe. Thank you. No, no worries. Thanks, thanks heaps, guys. What a great chat that was. We reckon Joe's story is so relatable and, unfortunately, so common, and he articulates his thoughts so well. So we've heard the patient perspective, intertwined with some research, but now let's hear about what the research has to say, and specifically what Nick Saracini has to say, a researcher and physiotherapist whose whole PhD topic is on lifting posture and low back pain. Um, We're here with some researchers who are both researchers and clinicians, um, Nick, particularly uh, your whole PhD is on lifting related to low back pain. Mm-hmm. So you know, both as a researcher and as a clinician, what would you say some of the common misconceptions are that patients have when they come and see us as clinicians um, related to lifting and, and low back pain? Definitely for me, without a doubt, the most common misconception is that there is an optimal weight lift, that you should keep your back straight and you should bend your knees. Um, and that is the best way to lift to prevent back pain but also if you have back pain that is definitely what you should do that is a yeah, dominant misconception yeah and and what does the research tell us around what actually you know what advice would we give patients like this so what is the what's the fact i suppose well we, we my part of my research is all about that exact question um where we're trying to figure out if there is an optimal lifting posture and probably in a researchy kind of answer, there, there might not be, um, that we, we don't know if there's an optimal lifting posture and definitely at this stage, not for everyone. Um, so the fact would be that at this stage, we, we need more um, research in this space, um, but often it's, it's the opposite of what we think, that when we looked at a, a review that we did, most people actually with back pain were keeping their back straighter, following, following that advice um, and, and bending their knees more. And that comes across in my systematic review, um, but also in David Nolan's. So the fact is that we don't know, but it doesn't look like that keeping your back straight and bending your, ne- bending your knees more is a, you know, going to help everyone. Yeah, sure. So that's kind of talking to that, I suppose, that ergonomic advice in terms of we often hear that people should be, um, keeping their back straight and, and bending with their knees and lifting with their knees. 
Do we know that lifting occupations are related to back pain? Like if, if we have manual laborers and manual workers, is there an association there with, with those occupations and, and having back pain? So there is, there is. So if you're in a manual job, um, what the evidence would say is that if you lift a lot, lift often more than 25 times per, per day, uh, and also if you lift heavy quite often, um, that you're at greater risk. Your risk goes up as the heaviness goes up and the regularity of lifting goes up. Um, but we, we not, we're not sure why. So it, it, there is elevated risk slightly, um, but if it's to do with posture or not, we don't know. It could be a bunch of other things, um, such as you know how much load is going into your back, um, how used to that load you are, what your capacity is like, what your fitness is like, how... how you perceive that load, does it feel heavy for you or does it feel light? All these things seem to maybe matter, um, maybe more or um, as more than posture or at least, you know, they're, they're, we don't really know, but they might be just as important as posture. But yeah, um, you are at slightly greater risk. Yeah, sure. And and is there kind of, um, we, we know that there's lots of ergonomic interventions, you know, there's programs out there that are teaching people how to lift and, um, you know, how to, position their spines correctly. What's the evidence for those? Are they effective at reducing um, back pain? In a short word, uh, probably not. Short yeah, short answer, probably not. Um, probably not? No. <laughs> Is there any evidence for it, Nick? Are there systematic reviews of ergonomic interventions to reduce the risk of back pain? In summary, no. Yeah, no, nothing that we know of. That It's probably not helpful. So it isn't helpful based on these two systematic reviews that showed that either people aren't following the advice, so they don't follow it um, to keep back straight and bend your knees and that kind of ergonomic advice, um, or uh, it's just not a useful advice. So, yeah. So if you think of that, about that though, Nick, it would seem from your review and uh, Nolan's review mm. that they are following the advice. Yeah. True. So it sounds like option one probably isn't the case because this idea of, well, if they weren't following the bias and they just like bending over and lifting the way they normally would, mm. then maybe that's why they're not sore. But in actual fact, so Dave Nolan's review um, showed that they were lifting with straighter, straighter backs and more bent knees. So mm. it looked like they were following the advice yeah. and the people with back pain lifted more like that than those without back pain who yeah. were tended to be more of a stoop lift than a straight back squat lift that's right so it would suggest that actually people with back pain revert back to the advice they've been given at least that's right yeah once they get back pain people are tending to follow that advice yeah we don't know what happens before they get back pain yeah whether they were lifting in a different way yeah there's only one study that looked at that tim mitchell study and it showed that there was no differences but once they get pain they people seem to revert to this advice where they keep their back straight and bend their knees um and obviously they've got pain doing that. So like you're saying, Pete, it's probably not that useful. So one of the things I suppose I'd ask as a devil's advocate on this, because there are some really strong beliefs around back pain and lifting, um, what were the limitations of the studies you reviewed? So how much were they lift? How much did they lift? How heavy yeah. were they? Did they lift a lot? Was it repeated lifting? Because you've said that your risk factors are heavy lifting and repeated lifting. Mm -hmm. What are those studies actually done? So they looked at... Um, up to 12 kilos. Some of them were really light, yeah. like a pen, um, but others were with weight of up to 12 kilos in a box. Mm. So that was the, and that sort of encapsulates, you know, your regular occupational lifting, I suppose, mm. but nothing heavy. Mm. Um, so that was one limitation. It's light lifting. Um, and there's a, a bunch of other limitations, like, you know, how many they lift. Usually it was only three lifts that they captured. Right. Um, so there's some weaknesses, like you're saying, to it's that not research. not really capturing the risk. In a sense, if you talk about heavy lifting, repeat lifting, 25 lifts minimum in a yeah. day yeah. is where the risk is. They're not that that research would suggest that there's a bit of a jury out at the moment. Definitely, yeah. The, around this. The jury's definitely out for sure, but if it was pointing to a direction, if the jury could point, it would be saying that people with back pain are tending to actually keep their back straighter, right. um, not actually around their back more. There's nothing that points in that direction. Mm. Yeah, we just don't have the evidence at this stage. And a, a part of your PhD is trying to help answer that 
obviously. Yeah. And we're pretty keen to get you back to talk about your PhD next year when you'll have a lot more answers for us. Yeah. Around and and maybe you can give us a bit of a um a taster about not of what you've found because yeah. it's not published yet. Sure. But what you what your study's done to kind of bridge some of the gaps in the the existing literature. Yeah. So we some of the gaps um, are that we recruited people who are in lifting jobs that either they've had a long um, history and career in a lifting job and they've had no problems with pain and or, or the other group that we recruited are still in lifting jobs um, but have difficulties with, with pain related to lifting. So we've captured groups um, like no other study has previously, relevant um, cohorts that um, and then tested them, how they lifted. So we got them to lift um, up to uh, 10% of their body weight 100 times, and we got them to lift and twist in a, in a, in a task that replicated work tasks. Um, and we measured a, it, lots of things, knee bend, trunk speed, um, back position, all the things that people think forces um, might be relevant. And we, we captured that to try to address some of these limitations. And you use really accurate measurement tools where I think some of the previous studies had had, not all of them, but a number of them had pretty limited measurement tools yeah. to look at accuracy, yeah. what was happening in the lower back. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We, we tried to capture curvature in a way yeah. where a lot of studies just looked at, you know, the, the whole trunk almost. Yeah. Um, so people think that curving the back's important. Previous studies didn't look at that. We actually looked at you know what's happening in the curvature component of it. So I'm interested, Nick, given you know this is an area that you're obviously interested in and mm. you're researching in, and you're also a clinician. So if a patient comes to you mm. and they've got back pain and they've heard it lifting, mm-hmm. um, how do you kind of um, and they say to you, look, I, I, I don't I don't want that again. It was a horrible event. Yeah. How do I prevent it? Where does, the, where does the evidence sit now at the moment for what we can say? Sure. It's, good. it's a great question and probably <laughs> probably how I would go about it in a, in a, in a, if I put my clinical hat on um, would be that I would ask that person questions around a whole a number of factors, um, not just about how they lifted it, but to do with um, you know, how often they're lifting it, what's, what's been happening around the time of the onset of pain, because what we know is that, um, yeah, posture might be one part, but we, uh, there, there could be a whole bunch of things around, you know, not sleeping, more fatigued, changed part of the activity levels. So I'd be wanting to know what, what's surrounding the context around when they got that pain. Um, and then I'd, dem- I'd get them to demonstrate how they're lifting. If lifting's still giving them trouble, I would look at how they're lifting and then seeing if, if we could alter anything, change anything and try to, you know, reduce it going forward so that they would get back to work and get back to lifting how they previously were. Okay. So there are a number of things that kind of emerge in that Mm. as I hear it, and that is around risk factors. So we know from the research that um, lifting per se can be a trigger. So Mm -hmm. awkward sudden lifts, repeated Mm -hmm. lifts um, Mm -hmm. are a trigger of back pain. But that risk massively increases if you're fatigued or tired mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. So that tips into some of these other things around potentially stress-related factors, sleep, mm-hmm. general activity, levels of conditioning, et cetera. Yep. Um, so it looks like there's other risks involved. The other part that I think um, it's important that you highlight is that um, someone's risk of pain is multifactorial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just focusing on one aspect of like how you lift may be missing a bigger story. Yeah. Uh, and so that exploration around that. But the, at the moment, we don't have a lot of research evidence to say, you know, this is the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some evidence to suggest that there are more efficient ways to lift. Mm-hmm. Um, and that contradicts a lot of common belief mm-hmm. that actually, you know, a round back lift looks like it's more efficient in terms of the, the amount of load that you can generate force you can generate in the body um but that again that has to be explored um further i think um what one of the things that we look at when we we kind of look at people's risk is the critical aspect of history taking Mm -hmm. but also no different to spraining an ankle you would never tell someone to sprain ankle never to invert their ankle again you would say look for a period of time just 
we back you off, we'll get you mobile, we'll get you strong, we'll get you fit. We need your ankle to be able to move in all directions so it's competent to load in a variety of ways. And backs should be able to do that as well. And I think that's the story that often gets missed around backs is that backs health is related to ranges of movement. Mm -hmm. You want strength in a variety of ways. You want to teach a workforce to better adapt to load in a, in a whole variety of ways. Because, you know, each one of us would come across manual workers who will say, I can't do optimal lifting in my job. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. So if we're not equipped to do it, then we may be vulnerable when we go to do it. Yep. Do you think that's a reasonable way of looking at it? I, I'd say so. <laughs> sounds like it's pretty evidence-packed. Yeah. And uh, it's I, I know we've had a discussion about the, the issues around, you know, foot strike for running. Yeah around back posture and foot posture yeah you know we there are a lot there was a whole rage around midfoot running or rear foot running and shoes but really the evidence isn't so flash on that mm -hmm. and maybe the same thing fits with the back it's like fitness for lifting mm -hmm. uh, so there might be some efficiencies around certain patterns of running like high cadence but it looks like the exact foot posture is not so critical mm -hmm. maybe that's more what we should be thinking about around backs mm -hmm. Yep. And I think that it's practical, you know, like saying to someone, like you're saying, keep, keeping your back straight for every single lift doesn't seem that that doable, especially mm -hmm. from the data we captured. But in real life, I mean, it's just definitely not practical all of the time. Mm -hmm. So making people strong and resilient to certain um, positions and movements that they're having to be exposed to at work when they're lifting mm -hmm. um, and they're being capable in a range of postures, like you're saying, mm -hmm. probably it might be better then saying do it exactly like this every time, but we have to test it, I suppose. Yeah. And I think the other thing that kind of springs to mind as a clinician is that there's so much fear. And we know that lifting is one of probably one of the most feared activities or bending and lifting mm -hmm. for people with back pain. And it's often linked to an experience where they've actually hurt their back when they do bend or lift. And so it becomes a memory that they guard against. And we know that when you're frightened, you tend to overprotect that area. And overprotecting can over create more load on the area. And mm -hmm. so that potentially can set someone up into a cycle where they overprotect an area, they overload it, they don't move it as much. It compromises the health mm -hmm. of those structures that leaves them more vulnerable to the mm -hmm. event again. So um, there's that whole other space around buildings people, uh, people's confidence in their back mm. to go back to lifting normally. Yeah. And the question then is, what does normal look like? And that's something I think your research will give us a better insight yeah. into is you've looked at survivors, people yeah. who've lifted in an industry for what more than five years five, yeah, five repetitively years. and haven't hurt back pain. So they will give us a bit of an insight into what does a person who survives a manual work look like in yeah. terms of the way they go about doing yeah. that. How so are they that'll be interesting. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That'll be interesting. It will be. Answers shortly. Some common sense answers from from us both, from you both, which is great. I want to sort of finish with um, what about people that don't have back pain? So we've gone advice for people with back pain. What about, you know, the general population that uh, hasn't got a problem with their back? What advice should we be giving them when they're lifting things? Do you want to go first, Nick? Yeah, I think we've touched on a, you know, a number of these things that Pete and I have touched on today around, you know, looking after your whole health, for example, you know, keeping yourself fit and strong and active. Um, they apply to obviously people without back pain too um, and building capacity for the, the job that you have. So if you're a heavy um, landscaper, you, you need to be strong and fit and healthy and capable to do that job so that that seems like a, a job you're ready to do. You're prepared for it. Um, all that advice is for people with um without back pain as well. And probably I'll say if you're lifting in a way that doesn't cause you trouble, I wouldn't change that. Whether that's curved back or straight back or bent knees, um, if it doesn't give you any trouble, I'd see no need to change it. Um, that would be probably how I would address it. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of look at um, the issue around lifting as someone who says, I want to run. Um, so we often hear people who have got a sedentary job and they get out in the you know, in the weekend and just go nuts in the garden and they're not conditioned for it and they hurt their back. Mm -hmm. And I go, what have I done? It's like, oh, I can't lift now. And we go, well, if you were a, someone who was sedentary all day and then you went and run 12 Ks in the city to surf and you said my knees and ankles, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I go, well, go figure. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're not conditioned to run 12 Ks. Yeah. You are not conditioned to do 
500 repetitive bends and heavy yeah. loading because your body hasn't been conditioned to do it. And I think this idea that some things are good or bad for the body is something really unhelpful. Mm. Um, we know the body is an amazing adapt, amazingly adaptable system and that we are good at doing things as long as we grade into it gradually. Mm -hmm. So this idea of things being good or bad, I think is really unhelpful. This mm -hmm. idea of being fit for task, and I think you've touched on that, um, of like getting people, you know, lifting is a wonderful way of keeping your back strong. Mm -hmm. You know, we before we had gyms, we had gardens. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that we gave our gardens away and we got gyms. So it's like, you know, it's like, that's what we're designed for. And you look at countries around the world, you know, lifting and bending is part of our world. Yeah. Um, it's something we should be encouraging people to have confidence in, I think. Mm -hmm. It's something that it should be safe for people. And the idea around that is going, you know, what are the most efficient ways for you to do that? And mm -hmm. so keeping strong, keeping fit, uh, keeping engaged, variability of movement looks like it might be something also yeah. that could be important yeah. um, for the health of any system, be it a joint or, you know, the spine mm -hmm. um, and caring for your whole health. That'd be the key things that we would look for. Yeah. But in saying that, you know, we are human beings. We get pain. Um, I get back pain mm -hmm. very frequently, but it, the key thing is what you do about it. And I think we always have these messages. If you hurt your back, you've got to rest and protect it. We know that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've, if you've, you know, got some serious pathology, sure, you might have to lay off, but for the majority of back pain, if you're engaged with activity, you may get soreness. It may be a reason to just grade down, but not to arrest it and avoid it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the other big message I put out there for people who might be listening to this mm -hmm. is that you know back pain can be scary but it's very really dangerous um in terms of you know doing some serious damage to your to your health as long as you're sensible and put sensible parameters around it and grade into it and make sure that your body's fit and conditioned for the mm -hmm. task yeah. maybe a last message of hope i mean i've seen so many people um that you know have lifting pain they come in with horrendous lifting pain and they keeping their back straight or, you know, tensing up a lot and really worried about lifting. And so many of them are able to get back to the work that they want to get back to um, by maybe slightly changing the posture or changing the way they move a little bit uh, or just exposing them back to things that they couldn't do. So, you know, gradually, like Pete was saying, building them back up to the things that they, and it's, it happens all the time clinically. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're out there and you haven't lifted and you're avoiding lifting, then maybe that's the one thing that you want to try and get back to. Mm. And, and interestingly, you say that, Nick, because from a clinical point of view, if lifting is something that you avoid, that, that will be the first thing that we'll look to get you back to. Mm -hmm. So because we know that avoidance will make you more vulnerable to the thing that you're avoiding, mm -hmm. um, we're engaging with it as long as it's done in a great and sensible and a safe way is mm -hmm. the way to get back to it. Yeah, I think it's terribly important. Uh, message as well yeah absolutely often people sort of think well if lifting is the thing that caused me the pain then i've got to stop and avoid doing that because that's yeah, bad but actually exactly. progressively doing yeah. more of that what you're saying yeah, is that it would make them better exactly. and and more protective exactly. and, and less likely to have yeah. pain yeah and the, the pain related to lifting may just be a sign that you need to get more sleep that you need to care for your health a bit better. Mm -hmm. You need to might need to lose a bit of weight. Mm -hmm. That you might need to engage in more regular physical activity and mm -hmm. fitness and care for other aspects of your health. And mm -hmm. I, I think there are things that we tend not to see people think about. Mm -hmm. And it's only when they reflect around what was going on at that point in time yep. that they can see sense in that. Yeah, just doesn't seem to be purely about posture. Mm. The only other thing I know I. You know, I, I probably need to add into this. The other very common belief that I'm sure you guys see, and I would almost invariably see this, is this idea that you should engage your core when you lift. And um, that's probably the other most common thing I would see. We did a research um, study a couple of years ago. So Emily Campbell and um, uh, a couple of other researchers were involved where we got people to just lift 15 kilograms off the ground. Mm -hmm. And we looked at their abdominal muscle activation standing as they lifted, as you know, lifting the weight and putting it down. And we found the abdominal wall muscle, internal oblique, so the you know, key core muscle group that people were taught to engage were no more activated in lifting than they were just at rested standing. Mm -hmm. So basically, the muscles don't naturally engage when you lift. Now, 
what patients are told is that, you know, when you lift, you've got to brace your core as you go to do it to stabilize your back. And I think the common misconception there, I've kind of described that as a bit like, you know, if you think of what these muscles are designed for, they pull you to the floor. Mm-hmm. So they work against your back muscles. So they put double work on your body. And in fact, you can do a simple test yourself by doing repeated lifting with your core brace versus your belly relaxed and see what it feels like. It's much harder work when you engage your core. Mm-hmm. So in actual fact, we're teaching people to preload their backs and pre-stiffen their backs before they do a task, which is if they do that repetitively, they're going to fatigue way quicker. So um, there is not good evidence actually to suggest that if you don't do it normally, why would you teach it and be how I would look at it. And often we have to train people out of bracing their core when they lift and actually find that it takes a lot of pressure off their back because they're just not loaded. They're not double loading. They're not just carrying the weight of their body and an external load, Mm. but they're actually generating an internal load by co-activating their core muscles. So that's probably the other thing that um, comes as a surprise to people when we look look at retraining them to get back to manual work is that it's actually not smart to consciously engage. And that idea of, um, you know, having to pre- pre-contract a muscle before you do something. It's not anything we do with any other motor task. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do it when we kick a ball or play a musical instrument or, you know, like do any other motor activity, but somehow we've done that for mm-hmm. the back where we've created this belief that this back is so damn vulnerable. You got to pre-tense things before you do it, which actually loads the body more. It fatigues you more. Mm. It puts you on alert more. It probably decreases your confidence to doing stuff. And it certainly doesn't improve your performance. Yeah, exactly. And, and Dave Nolan showed in his paper that actually people were in pain, were tensing their, like Pete's exactly. saying, their more. abdominals more, uh, they were stiffer and more co-contracted yeah, exactly. um, in their abdominals yeah. Yeah. Then more than the people without pain. Yeah. And the other way that I like to explain it with patients is like we've got lots of cranes here at Curtin at the moment, there's lots of buildings going on. Cranes have the cable at the back, so when they lift something up, they put tension on the cable at the back to lift mm. that thing up. Mm. Bracing your core, tensing your abdominal muscles is like also putting a cable at the front Correct. to pull mm. it down while yeah. you're lifting it up. Yeah. It's like Extra. tensing your bicep and yeah. your tricep at the same yeah. time. It just yeah. doesn't really, yeah. uh, it's not conducive of efficient movement. No, exactly. So the cable at the back looks like your back muscles, your butt muscles mm. and your hamstring muscles. Mm-hmm. That's where your cable sit. And in fact, your hamstring is probably a critical cable at the back end if you're thinking of a crane. Yeah. Um, the other muscle group you want to get working, <laughs> I would say, if you're doing lots of bending and lifting. Exactly. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, gents. Really appreciate awesome. your input. Thanks, Kev. So there you have it. Another stellar episode. If your reaction to the previous posture episode is anything to go by, we'll brace ourselves, but not our cause. If you found this valuable, please help us help you help more people by spreading the word. Share this on your socials or better yet, send it directly to someone with a personal message. Who knows, you may just be the catalyst that helps them reduce their pain and get back to living. Plus, when you do something kind for someone else, you get just as much, if not more, benefit than the receiver of the kindness. As always, show notes including the infographics, resources, references, links and a transcript can be found at www.bodylogic.physio forward slash podcast. And until night... Sorry, and until next time, we hope you remember to ask, is there more to pain than damage? Have a fun fortnight. Please note, what you heard on this episode of Empowered Beyond Pain is strictly for information purposes only and does not substitute personalised, high-value care from a licensed and trusted healthcare practitioner. We are all individuals and need to be assessed and managed as such. Theme music generously provided by Fervin and Cash.